When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hour number two, Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Great to be with you. How you guys doing? Everybody all right? Welcome on in. Let's talk. I'm Jeff, that's Tom, Director Matthew in the house as well. On Twitter, it's at Jay Cameron Show. So much to tackle. Luckily, we have a long week together. We all kind of ease back into it. No way to tackle it all in these two hours. But uh, last hour, a little commentary on the NCAA tournament, uh, as well as NFL free agency, the retirement of the great Gene Deckerhoff, and a mention of Florida State football, because obviously while I was away, no practices. They get back after it this week. Very excited. Uh, to go out there again this week and get a chance to watch this team grow, compete, uh, and get better. Uh, I do think that there are areas uh, uh, areas on this football team that have to get better. There are areas on this football team that through a very brief stretch of spring practice, I'm convinced will be better. Uh, and I also think there are a lot of conclusions that you can't come to yet, uh, and that's why we're going to have to watch this play out on and through the spring game and into the fall. Uh, I'm leery of jumping to conclusions just yet. Uh, there's just so much that we can't know and so much more for individuals and others competing for jobs uh, to prove. Uh, a couple of these young guys might emerge as guys that not only play but play significant snaps, significant roles, and uh, if they continue to improve, if they can handle the workload and the pressures, uh, if they can continue to see their confidence grow. There are others that perhaps have surprised us, Tom, guys that – Maybe I had written off coming into camp that I thought had shown enough evidence on the field of play as to, to write them off, who are now improving to a place where I realize there might be a role for them. There might be something that they could offer up. Maybe they've responded to the healthy competition. You know, there's nothing like, uh, you know, competition to get your attention. Uh, it's real easy to fall back and to feel like I've proven myself at this spot or whatever it is in any field. I don't have to continue to work in order to improve. There's nobody who's really going to test me here. But when you get more bodies in a position group all desperate for playing time and others that maybe emerged as uh, a healthier version of themselves, say, uh, than they were at the end of last year, uh, it is the perfect recipe uh, for the kind of push in competition you need to see uh preferably with every segment group, but I know in the secondary that's certainly true. It is uh, one of the fun things that Friday before spring break was, given the weather concerns that week, we were in the IPF again, 
and so you're able to take in from a, a closer perspective. You could hear the coaching a little bit better as mm -hmm. it's going on. It's just it's not something that we can necessarily share, uh, but it's just it gives you a better idea of did I see that rep right? Because if I didn't, then that coach is either going to berate that player or tell them they didn't do it. And so you're looking for confirmation that your eyes are telling you the truth. Sure. But one of the cool things is they wheeled in those video boards that they have at yeah. the end of the practice fields. And so as I'm watching the trench drills, they will replay what was going on in another part of the field three and four times. So in between the reps, turn my head over to the video board. And you're like, okay, check here, check there, look here, look there. Just a lot of information to get uh, to be exposed to. And that's one of the things where I think whether or not media members are FSU grads or not, and we're kind of uh, in the middle we have a privileged place in the middle where we can be a fan and yet cover the team. Correct. Everybody's rooting for this guy to succeed because of the access we get. You know, on a professional level, it's just amazing the things that we get to see compared to the rest of college football. I know it's the way it used to be when you first started covering Florida State, but it Many is moons not ago. the way anymore. Yeah. So it's a privilege to be able to do that. Looking forward to get back at, on those fields tomorrow. Yeah, I don't disagree. Uh, I think it's exciting. Every day we go out there, there's so much to take in and a lot. You know, I... I tend to try to concentrate i mean we we have certain work responsibilities for war chant uh but i tend to want to concentrate on a specific segment group often and say okay today i'm really going to look hard at say the defensive line or the offensive line or the receiving core whatever it might be and the fact that you have so much access that you can choose to do that that you're not in a hurried position to try to get a, a percentage of time with each group thus maybe deriving nothing definitive. This is much better because you can spend a day and say, okay, you know what, today if I only watch the offensive line very, very closely and I listen to the way Coach Atkins is working with them and what they're being asked to do, the physical attributes, uh, the strengths and, and or weaknesses of this group, uh, the depth, all those things, that means that when I come back on Thursday, I can then concentrate on the defensive line or the wide receivers or whatever it might be. That, you're right, is an amazing thing, and it helps provide the kind of context we want to offer you on a regular basis on this show. It gives me a greater basis for the opinion that I give on a daily basis, and then also anything that is written or brought up on warchant.com. So this is something where you're absolutely right, having this kind of access because of the way he believes the working relationship between the press and his coaches and players should be is not something to take for granted. Also, winning beats the hell out of losing. So the sooner we can get to the winning, <laughs> yeah, the better yeah. off we'll all be, the better mood we'll all be in, the better this community will thrive, etc. I can tell you that my assignment on Wednesday and Friday was exactly what you're talking about, the trenches, because full pads were on. They didn't yeah, get shells. It, yeah. went, it went from shorts to, to full pads, and so you're able to assess some things. And I got to tell you, on that defensive line, and it's not because we suck on the O line, which is great. Like you're not, you're not like, oh, by default, this this guy's winning because we can't do anything. Mm -hmm. They've got a lot of answers in the interior. They've got real depth there. Uh, the they defensive do. line, they got real depth. Yeah, my fear for this team right now is I don't see an obvious solution for the step back that I believe they're going to take off the edges. I don't see it yet. That is not to say somebody won't emerge or that somebody isn't playing well and showing signs that they're getting better and perhaps will prove themselves capable. I do not believe currently, from what I've seen, that we have a dynamic pass rusher in this group. That's, I think, fair to say at this point. However, so we had a defensive roundtable that was released. You can catch it right now on the front page of WarChant.com. The one thing I, I said positively about the edge rushers in one of the questions was, I can see a floor, though. I was worried I wouldn't see one 
when I okay. got to practice. Okay. I was I had a fear that this is fundamentally going to be a problem. Even with Jared Verse coming to town, he's got three years to play here. The learning curve could be steep, and he's just not ready to face Power 5 tackle play yet. And maybe that still proves to be true, but with what I've seen from McClendon and Briggs and Verse and some of the other guys, I think that can be patched together to not be a disaster. And I was worried that I would see total disaster on the edges because there was nothing behind the guys that have left. I don't think that's the case. I'm not saying they're going to be dynamic like last year. I'm not saying that they're going to be the heartbeat of the defense like the edge rushers were last year. But what I am saying is I don't think they're completely falling off a cliff. And if you believe, like I do, that they're better up the middle, they're more deep there, they're better at linebacker, and the secondary is going to be better as well, you can absorb it as long as you're not a disaster off the edges, and I don't think they are. Yeah, um, golly, it's so funny because we're just talking about various degrees of enthusiasm or perhaps, uh, you know, concern. Because I don't disagree with that assessment either. I just I want to be very careful not to paint a picture of complete desperation while also being incredibly honest and blunt about the fact that I don't see a star off the edge here. I don't at all. And I don't think anybody's going to emerge this year as that star. I don't see it. Now, if you're telling me that you think, for example, um, Derek McClendon will emerge as an above average or a plus player off the edge, okay, I understand from which that opinion is derived. I may not share it currently, right. but I see where you might believe that that's where he's headed. Well, Okay, I, fine. I, I've seen the quicks. Enough of the quicks. I thought, oh, whoa. And, and it's been consistent. It's not one day. It's not one rep. Over the course of those first four practices, consistently it was there. Now, the one problem I have, mm. and, I will, and I will play the devil's advocate to myself here, is I don't know how many tackles we have on this roster. So that's the hard part. I don't know how many bona fide tackles we have, and that's the defensive thing. tackles or offensive, offensive tackles. tackles. Yeah, no, we don't have a lot because you're tr- when you're trying to assess a defensive end, you need to know what you have at tackle. You don't have to say you don't know. You know damn well we don't have enough tackles on this roster. I'm not sure yet. I give Alex Atkins enough credit that with a couple of camps and an off-season workout program, that maybe Lloyd Willis is ready to play right tackle for us. He's and they can not slide. right now. I wouldn't disagree with that statement. Okay. Okay. Well, and then we're talking honestly amongst each other ah, and to our listeners. But the guy I like. Who? Bless Harris. Oh, I like Bless Harris, but I wanted Bless Harris to come in to add depth, not to be emerging as a potential starter. I mean, listen, you, if that happens, great. But I didn't think he was talented enough from what I looked at that I thought, oh, that guy's going to come in here and play. Like, like, listen, there, when we looked at Caden Lyles, mm-hmm. his game film and his body type, and now we've seen him in person, we say that dude is a plug-and-play starter for you at center. He is a difference maker. He is adding to what Florida State can be. You're not going to say that, uh, I don't think, about really almost – well, I mean, you you don't say that about Bless Harris. Well, I think – so here's the thing about Bless. I've just been very impressed by how technical he is already. Like He Mm -hmm. he came in here (laughs) – Right. (laughs) And he's one of those guys where I can't speak to exactly how the, the drills pan out. It's just we're not allowed to do that. But when he receives instruction, he seems to absorb that very quickly, which is which is reassuring. So, again, it's establishing a bit of a floor. Lloyd Willis has the body to do it. There's no doubt about that. And also, this is his first go-around to be getting you know the kinds of reps that he's likely getting. As Mike Norvell himself said, they're going to work it. This is a huge camp for Lloyd Willis. So that's his own words on the record. You can derive from that what you will. I'm not going to count out Alex Atkins' ability to develop an offensive lineman with that raw bit of clay to mold 
I'm not going to discount the chances that maybe by fall camp things are there. I'm just saying right now, I don't know. So that that makes it harder to assess yeah. what we see with a Derek McClendon, for example. But I just I think those quicks play no matter Br- what. Br- Briggs is a good football player. I think yep. Briggs is going to play well this year. I think he's going to be a good plus player for us, uh, and they'll move him around. Uh, I think there is something to to build off of what you've seen with McClendon. I'm fine with you saying that. I don't think he's a bona fide star edge rusher right now. No, I think he's he's going to be a a good player, uh, not a great player. Uh, maybe maybe he emerges over time. But right now, Florida State doesn't have anything dynamic off the edges. And Jared Verse has not come in in one week and changed my mind on that. Now, will he get better? I hope so. He's got a lot of time. He hasn't yeah. played a ton of football. This is his first time getting acclimated to here, to this level of athlete. He has seen uh, a, 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 a lot of changes to his football playing career. So I'm going to give him the proper uh, berth here. I'm going to give him uh, time to figure this out. Right now, he's a little too robotic for me. I don't see a natural player off the edge, but it doesn't mean he's not a great athlete or, or a very good athlete and a big, strong kid who can get better and better as he learns technique. In my interview with him, which we ran on Warchant.com, he, uh, thanks to Rising Spear, uh, he, by the way, is a guy that uh, that is a, a workaholic. He's a guy that admitted to working on technique. He was already being instructed how to do things differently in terms of hand placement. I think right now when I tell you he's robotic, it's because he's having to think. He's having to think a lot more than he ever has before. When you're playing at Albany and you just beat the bejesus out of somebody physically because you're bigger, stronger, faster, it gets a lot easier to make plays. Now you've got to be technique sound. The thing I'd say about that, though, is, is clearly it's working because he's in the right places and his yeah. leverage, he's not getting yeah. out leveraged. So you're not seeing him in places in the field, and then there's a whistle and a coach yells, "Where are you going? Where the hell are you going? Where yeah. are you going?" Yeah, that, that doesn't happen with that. him. So to me, that that's a good sign that all right, the building blocks are being laid there. The game is not too fast for him, even though he's thinking. The game is not too fast for him yet to be out of position. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's real good because you never know. You get here from one level to another, and the game moves so fast that yeah. you're just running around. And you don't know where you're going. He looks like he is assimilating the information very well. Same thing with Bless. Again, Bless isn't as strong as maybe a Lloyd Willis, but you just watch the efficiency of his movements. I'm starting to feel better about certain positions to where you might be able to absorb one bump or bruise from week to week, and you say, oh, no. Like last year, if Gibbons wasn't playing, we're screwed. You, know, you just felt like that. If oh, he wasn't starting, well, we're screwed. Yeah, and you were. Right, and DLT wasn't available the whole year, so you're already kind of starting behind the eight ball. I think they can absorb a couple of those this year. I think they're building to a place where it's not dead on arrival if you don't have X player on in your front four or in your starting five of the offensive line. Let's address something here because it's going to come up, and it came up uh, in my travels. As I got back to town, I was kind of trying to assess anything I may have missed. Uh, do we have, and, and forgive me if we do, because I was trying to catch up with a lot of different things to address on the show today. West Virginia's Winston Wright transfer wide receiver here, who we saw obviously in camp that first week, involved in a car crash. We know that, right? That is that is public knowledge. Uh, not not a crash of, of his making necessarily, from what I understand, but rather one that in which there may have been, knock on wood, no serious injuries, but there may have been an injury to him. I don't know that. Have we gotten confirmation, further confirmation than what I learned late last night before coming in today? I could tell you what we share, what we shared on the website okay. and on the boards. Fair enough. And by we, I mean Gene has been at the forefront on this. We don't have confirmation about the severity of the injury but it's severe enough that his season is in jeopardy. Yeah, that's a devastating turn of events. Now, to not be that guy and to not be crass, first and foremost, I hope everybody involved in the accident, obviously, 
is okay and is going to have a full recovery and is going to be able to go on and live their lives and, and, and pursue whatever it is that they, they dream to do. But as it pertains to the football, having said that, this was the plug-and-play answer at wide receiver that you brought in from West Virginia. His experience in the Power Five, his proven experience at this level, playing at a high level, was the boon of the offseason in getting that guy to a receiving core that lacked the uh, refined nature of his route running and catching in-game, that lacked depth of talent, that lacked explosiveness, that lacked uh, know-how and ability. So losing him, if in fact they have, is nothing short of devastating. And there's no way to sugarcoat that if that's true. And by the way, again, if that's true, I hope the young man, obviously above and beyond what I want for our football teams, uh, I want team, I want him to make a full recovery and, be, and, and have a chance to pursue his dreams. What I am saying is that if we're just being pragmatic here and we're not talking about life, but football, rather just football, this that sucks. That's incredibly unlucky, and it's devastating. And I think it means that if that's true, they're going to have to maybe go out and get yet another receiver as we go into the fall. Now, I find that interesting. I agree with you. You want to have an abundance of answers yes. rather than you know one singular answer. And, well, and, and you answers from, from a game, Tom, from games, not yeah. practice, right. games. Right. What I'll tell you is I believe now after one week, Granted, again, it's only one week it's of one spring week. camp, and it's two days of pads. Right, and you want to get excited about Ja'Kai Douglas and Pokey Wilson and, and well, Pittman. Portier and Pittman. And- Pittman and Ja'Kai over the middle, I think I think are okay. And, and I, I think they're better than okay. They're better than it was last year already. Already. So I think you can absorb it more than I would have assumed before we walked onto that practice field. But you would like to be able to have those guys and Winston Wright. Wouldn't that be nice? But, and also, <laughs> Winston in the special teams kick return game was excellent, too. So I think they've got more answers. The receiving core has responded. I think you would agree with that. I mean, you, you mentioned it when you were speaking generally about your observations from week one. Oh, maybe there are some guys I had written off. I, the receiving core qualifies under that category for me. Portier or yep. has had a good week. Oh, okay. You'll, you'll <laughs> You're discounting more. Okay, no, no, no. I'm not. What I'm saying is that I don't think we can make a definitive statement that they've improved to a place that you feel comfortable when the games start against LSU and Miami and Florida and all these other teams we have to beat to have a good season. We don't know that. They, they look like they're practicing hard. They're 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 obviously well aware of the competition that has been. The, the bar has been raised, and they have to they have to find their way to obviously a better place than they were at the end of last year in order to get on the field. But the amount of the competition that we talk about, and the and the, the the depth and the battle and all that that we talk about on a daily basis that makes everybody better, takes a massive hit if Winston Wright is out. And that guy was a guy that I wasn't even – I didn't care if he played two minutes in the spring game. I didn't care if he just slowly worked his way into learning the offense and because he's a proven game day commodity. They're, damn it, man. I can't, Again, that is a devastating loss if it's true. And I'm not telling you he's Jerry Rice. I'm saying that what we don't have, he was providing. Game experience in the Power Five playing at a high level. There's no way to sugarcoat that you lose that guy and it's going to be okay because a couple of other guys are playing a little bit better in the first week of spring. There's just no way. I'm not saying you were trying to do that. I'm just saying there's no way around it. And it's, I'm just mad. I, it's, it's one of those times where I say, 
Mike Norvell has to be asking the football gods, what WTF, fellas? What do I have to do every damn time? I mean, it's ridiculous. Sorry. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk, Radio War Chant, TV. Uh, this is from Marcus, who asked a question on the uh, chat board here for War Chant TV. Very honest question, Jeff and Tom. What you know about Bless Harris? Yeah. Uh, I've had fun with that phrasing. Um, well, okay, so we were talking about Bless Harris a moment ago. I, I thought when we brought him in, based on what I could see of him, that this was a guy that is going to give you a lot of size, uh, he's a decent, uh, in terms of bend and footwork, uh, athlete uh, for the position. And that I, I was hoping he infused depth. Uh, he may end up having to play more than we want. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but I think it's not a miss. So the point would be that that was a good pickup for us. It was a good choice to bring Bless Harris to the team, is what I'll tell you about uh, Bless Harris. That's what we know about Bless Harris. Too early. Let's find out. What, you know, Let's watch the rest of camp. Let's see what, how he does in the fall. Right now, he looks like that was a good pickup. Uh, I want to address something else here that was uh, brought up by Briley. In my opinion, Jeff's a bit too high on right, and thereby taking his development a bit too this development a bit too hard. We hadn't even seen right on the field yet due to some other injury. He wasn't a known commodity for us. No, but he was a known commodity in the world of Power Five college football, and you had seen him play at West Virginia. Uh, to a place where he was more accomplished than anybody else we had in the receiving core, our receiving core. The idea that, you know, in my mind, that experience and talent at that level, proven talent at that level, was coming here uh, was huge to me because my thought was it will only take time for him to go ahead and learn the playbook. We probably won't see much of him in the spring nursing an injury, learning the playbook, but he's the guy that needs the reps the least. He's the guy that doesn't need to be out there um, because he is an experienced and accomplished college football wide receiver at the Power 5 level. I don't think there's any way to underestimate how he would have added to the depth of talent in this group. I mean, this was a group that is seriously lacking. I don't know. I'm not trying to suggest he would have been a star here. I am trying to suggest that we do a good job of putting our receivers in one-on-one situations. He's proven to make plays in those situations in a way that nobody else on our roster has. So to lose him is potentially devastating. Uh, no, I, I, 
No, I, I don't think you can overstate how big a hit that is to lose a guy with that experience and talent. I'm not telling you he's Jerry Rice. I'm just telling you he's a guy that has accomplished something at the Power 5 level at the position we need it most that nobody else on this roster has. The thing I'd say is if you have answers on the outside this year in a way you didn't before, which Johnny Wilson could go a long way in, in helping with that, and the development of Malik McClain or some of the other guys, and you put Ja'Kai in the slot, there's something there. Plus, there's a synergy there between the starting quarterback and that particular player. They like each other. Don't mistake me pointing out that the potential loss, only potential loss, of Winston Wright uh, is devastating. Don't equate that with me, and I don't mean you, I mean our listeners, with me thinking there's no chance for this group to be much better than they were a year ago. To the degree that they could be much better, they, they take a huge hit. Yes, but can they be? Oh, they can be better for a, uh, for a lot of reasons. The offensive line is going to be better. He's got more time to throw. The maturation of the quarterback, it's his job. He knows that he's not really competing with anybody for that job. The confidence level in which he's playing is going to be sky high right now because of all that and that development towards the end of the year. The emergence of certain guys that are already on this roster is a distinct possibility. But when it comes to a guy like Wilson, who you just referenced, we are hoping that the flashes we see through one week of spring practice translates into a game against bona fide competition. Do we know that's going to happen? Do we believe it's going to happen? Do we know it's going to happen? Is that something that's a certainty? Man, we can't know that. We can't possibly know that. He's never done it. When you he, we, At Arizona State, he was a primarily a blocker when he was in there. He has, what, 12 catches? I mean, is that right? I, I, yeah. I don't think it's many. Um, it's not. So the one thing I'd say to that is it's kind of like uh, Corey's commentary from early on. I think it was maybe practice one or practice two, which, again, it's not in full pads. But he says, I don't know what it's going to translate to in the fall, which I we don't. But here's what I do know. There were never contested catches made by receivers last year in this certain circumstance or yeah. these specific days, and, and there were never times where they won in – one-on-one opportunities with pads on. and Yeah, went, they weren't very good last year. They went and ran down footballs, and they went and snagged the ball out of the air rather than letting it hit them in the chest, you know, the chest pad or whatever. Um, and that's true. That, that much is true. They are winning some battles early on in practice, more so than they did last year. So you have hope because you feel like, okay, if we're starting from a different baseline from where we were this time last year, then wouldn't it stand to reason that you might see a little bit more production when you get into the fall? But admittedly, that's we only don't know. one week. Yeah, we don't know, and we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I, I I hate it for the young man, and I hate it for this receiving core, and I hate it for Mike Norvell and his staff, uh, and I hate it for Jordan Travis, who you know obviously needs more weapons in order to emerge and become a better and more consistent quarterback throwing the football. We, we know he can run. He's an elite runner. We know he can make people miss in a phone booth. That's great. He'll always utilize that skill to his benefit. It becomes all the greater a skill and asset if you're able to consistently throw the ball to guys that can get open and make plays. They don't necessarily have a proven guy. Winston Wright was a proven guy to do that. That's why I'm pissed. And it's, you know, again, I'm not overlooking the the potential injuries that he may have so su- I don't know what he's suffered uh, if he's out for the year obviously it's it's some sort of significant injury if in fact he's out for the year we don't know that that's still speculative yeah, at this still point still speculative right and I care more obviously that a person be healthy for their own sake and their own life I'm just saying we're here to talk about this football team and the depth of the football team and whether or not they're going to be any good and when we do that we have to assess what that injury or any injury for that matter means to a team so it's not being callous it's just 
pointing out that that potentially sucks in a way that is so aggravating because what else would befell this team and this coaching staff? Um, it, it's been a lot. It's been a lot, Tom. It's been a lot. And it just, God, dog it, man. Maybe you'll feel better this week when you get to watch Bless Harris in, in the reps he's running. You know, 58. Just watch 58. It'll make you feel a little bit better. Like, All right. Yeah. All right, Bless. That's what I, I want to hear that this week when, we, when we're in observation times. All right. I see you, 58. <laughs> All right, T. Lizzie. All right, there's a little uh, something there. I hope so. I hope so. I think um, there are aspects of the team, and, and again, we didn't get a chance to really sit down and talk a lot before I left, before spring break hit us, before we all departed for a week apart, um, to talk about some of the things that, even though it has been all of a week, that we feel really good about. And one of those things, without question, would be uh, Zary A. Thomas who, man, all right, yeah, man, that's the real deal right there. That I'm excited about. Sam McCall. Yep. Oh, yeah, McCall, yeah, when McCall, the pads came on, got better. Oh, you're like, yep. okay, yeah, there's a little there's a little something-something right here. There's a whole lot of what for to both those guys to go along with physical tools and really, especially as it pertains to Thomas, just a silky, smooth way in which that man comports himself. That is, That guy right there is a confident athlete who moves almost like he's gliding through the air. I don't think he's a magical human being. I'm just saying everything about the level of athleticism Evident from the first time you watched him. Wait, you see him walk on the puddles at Dick Houser Stadium. <laughs> there was some, They're everywhere. There were some times at the end of uh, Friday's practice or, or during individual drills, you go, ooh, he's, he got taught a lesson there. So there is a bit of a learning curve, but yeah. that clay to work with, once again, to use that term, that metaphor, it is the kind of clay we're used to seeing here at Florida State. Back in the day, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah Between I him agree. and McCall. And McCall's got a little bit more violence to his game. E- everything about the way he plays it, just he's a little bit more choppy, whereas uh, Azaria Thomas looks like almost – you know, one of those smooth safeties. And Either then, one of them lack confidence. Correct. And That's good. Big, well, you're playing a position where you can't. So good. Good, good, good to see that. That came with them. They walked off that yeah. high school field and onto a college football practice field with a whole lot of get you some. And if you add to the amount of players who have a nose for the football in the secondary, I mean, that mm. changes games. You, you could play like junk and win the turnover battle 3-1 to one and win the football game. And, and who are we to complain about that right now? In Tallahassee, but you got to have guys who have a nose for the football. Jermaine Johnson did from the defensive line. Mm. Unbelievable nose for the football. But how about some more guys in the secondary that can do it? It helped change the course of the Miami game. That whole first half is predicated on turnovers. Yeah, and they play, and they were playing so confidently, and that came, that emerged almost out of thin yeah. air. It was yep. amazing to watch. Uh, really quickly, Tatum Bethune looks the part. So yeah. a linebacking core that needed to get deeper and better, I think, is going to be definitively. I think I can say that with a degree of certainty that I can't apply to many other positions, that, that I know, as long as he's healthy, that that group got deeper and better. Are you worried about coverage, though? I still yeah. am. Yeah, well, of course. Yeah. yeah. We don't have an overabundance so, of guys that can cover at that position. Right. Luckily, so there are only two of them out there on the field. It's most about of the diagnosing, time. making plays mm-hmm. at or near the line of scrimmage versus covering in space. Like They could be better. Deloach was better Deloach at it by the end of the year. was a lot better by the end of the year. He was but a lot better. I'm still nervous about that because you could do everything right, and if you've got – I mean, we know this all too well the last few years. You could do everything right everywhere else. But if you've got like a 10-yard window over the middle of the field because we don't understand what we're doing pre-snap and linebacker, I hope that that's better with Bethune. You got a, a healthier, slimmed down, faster DJ Lundy. He's still never going to be great in coverage. Deloach emerged as a viable 
plus linebacker at the Power 5 level at the end of last year. You bring in production in Tatum Bethune that Florida State doesn't have on the roster at the position. It tells me that in addition to, to those guys getting better, looking better, playing better, you are creating competition that should make Amari Gaynor tougher and better as well. Not in coverage, but on the whole, I think, there it is, I got it in, um, a better a better player. And he, there was a whole lot of red ass to him uh, last week, the week before uh, when we were out there at practice. He understands that in order to get on the field and get the reps that he wants and he thinks he should have, he's going to have to play well. And he's going to have to play hard. He's going to have to be physical. And he was very physical in the practices I was at. So, okay, that group probably better. We love the interior of the defensive line. Love better it. up the middle. So there we go. We feel good about the secondary. The only concern we have, again, I think, non-depth related, is pass rush one, off the edge. One thing I'll say about linebackers real quick, and, and this is not to throw too much hype because it's once in a while. But every once in a while, freshman Omar Graham has made a couple plays in spring. Oh, yeah, there oh it is. okay. Okay. Now, he's not being asked to do a lot, as you would imagine. He is acclimating to the game. But it's nice to see. We've had a lot of guys over a lot of camps, spring and fall alike, that are highly touted linebacker recruits, make their way to Tallahassee. And by week two, you've forgotten that they're even on the roster. They don't give you a reason to say, hey, who is that again? Let me look up that number. Well, Omar Graham's been okay a couple of times. Long term, long term, but maybe he's an answer down the line. Not necessarily this year. The mortgage process can be intimidating for all, but it doesn't have to be, and not when you call my friends at Hamilton Home Loans. Chad and Shannon, the legendary team, I should say, the legendary team, Chad and Shannon, at Hamilton Home Loans will take your call and make it oh so easy. A wonderful opportunity to see how simplistic, straightforward, and successful your experience getting a home loan can be. Great rates, cutting-edge technology, transparent communication, it is a five-star mortgage experience. You're going to get a different kind of mortgage experience with these guys, Chad and Shannon, especially if you mention the Jeff Cameron Show. We welcomed him in a few weeks back. It's great to be partnered with him. Uh, and uh, you know what? You're going to want to partner with him, too, if that's what you're looking for right now. Find my friends, the legendary home team at Hamilton Home Loans, legendary team, Chad and Shannon, I should say. FSUHomeLoans.com makes it very, very simple. Online at FSUHomeLoans.com. Com. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3, Real Talk Radio, and War Chant TV. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3, Real Talk Radio, and War Chant TV. Man, all this football talk and all that's going on with the NFL and free agency, I... Setting ourselves up for a long off season, Tom. Oh, I'm, I'm so excited. There's so much go- comings and goings and things happening. And reason to be excited. I tell you what, if you wanted further proof to uh, pivot here from Florida State football for a second, for years uh, I have described the National Football League, and Tom and I have had many a discussion in which we played the role of GM. Um, it's a league of mercenaries. It is a league of mercenaries. You hear me say it time and again: a league of mercenaries. This offseason and the quarterback carousel, where you have a ton of notable veterans moving on to new teams. Carson Wentz dealt to Washington. I don't know what Washington's doing. I think I would feel bereft of hope if I were in Washington. I don't think Carson Wentz can play, so I don't know why they would do that, but they did. Russell Wilson going to the Broncos. Um, I'm You mean Mr. Unlimited. Uh, 
So, Russell Wilson and his fake plastic, shallow, weird self going to the Broncos. Uh, Deshaun Watson going to the Browns. And, you know, the guaranteed money in that deal is the proof positive of which I speak that it is a league of mercenaries. As long as you're not going to jail, regardless of what you're accused of, can be proved, can't be proved, is true, not true, we don't know, obviously, all of that, it doesn't really matter the PR hit any team is going to take for signing a football player, in particular a quarterback, especially a good one. If you can play, you're going to get signed, and you're going to remain rich, and it doesn't matter what is said about you as long as it's not provable. That is the league in a nutshell. Cleveland just said to the world, we don't care about your feelings, your thoughts, or what you think Deshaun Watson did or is or might have done. We care about winning. And Baker Mayfield sucks, and we know it. So we've decided to move on from Baker Mayfield for the sole reason that Deshaun Watson's available. And somebody's going to sign his ass, so we might as well because it has been eons eons since we've been any good at all at the position and so they said screw it we're doing it we'll take the hit and the hit they'll take it's already happened for the last 72 hours it's been one article the other after the others talking about how heinous it is that a team would sign him but you know as well as i do in a league of mercenaries they don't care i don't think it's got a chance to succeed though like who's gonna go on, who's gonna go flock there because he could still be suspended. Oh, he will so, be suspended. That's why he's gonna whittle down that first year salary to a million dollars. All that guaranteed is on the back end right. of this deal. All that stuff, man. No. But that organization went on the well, they didn't go on the record. Let me ask but you. But they, something. they ran to Chris you. Mortensen real quick yeah. and they said that they want quote flyer out an there. adult, end quote, at quarterback. That's what they said last week. They want an adult, <laughs> quote unquote, okay. after Baker Mayfield's play through Instagram yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So this is the adult you seek? Because all of that is okay. a sham. It's all nonsense. You know that in the League of Mercenaries. Of it's all chatter. I'll tell you this much. Two rivals. Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns are arch rivals. They hate each other, blah, blah, blah. Their fan bases can't stand each other. One's been uber successful, one of the most successful franchises in the history of the league. The other, not so much. The antithesis, the one right? One moved away. Okay. And then one when they moved away. Yeah, okay. So then here you go. Who's happier today? Cleveland or Pittsburgh? The Steelers who signed Mitch Trubisky or the Cleveland Browns who brought in Deshaun Watson? I guarantee you every Browns fan in the world is chuckling. They don't care at all about what that looks like, and it doesn't look good. Who cares? It's a league of mercenaries. Always has been. They don't care. Those GMs don't care. Those fans who pretend like they care when the wrong team signs a guy that's going to kick their team's ass, oh, yeah, they get really high and mighty. But when, when their team signs the guy, they're like, you know, listen, somebody was going to sign him. I mean, I, what are we supposed to do? We're trying to win championships around here. I mean, somebody's going to bring him in. But the way that they botched this is just like sevenfold because they were told they were out of the running, clearly. So you could see what, the way this happened. Yeah. They were told they're out of the running. And there was a better offer on the table from, I'm assuming, Carolina. That's the group I would think that could bring the most money to the table. I know that three teams in the NFC South were, were vying for Deshaun Watson services. But Carolina had the most money. So they decided to make this guy the most paid dude ever in terms of guarantees. That's what they had to do because they knew that they were out of leverage. And so the answer was, okay, well, whatever Carolina did... We're just going to up it by $8 million a year. They had to go so far above and beyond to get a yes out of that camp. As a diehard Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, I'm so proud of the Cleveland Browns. Well done. 
well done. No need for Deshaun Watson to sign with the Falcons or the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, that's true. You go ahead and take it on over to the AFC where you can't win the division. You can't probably – well, you might win the division. You're not going to go to the Super Bowl anytime soon. So there, there you go. There were four locations he could go. Three were in the NFC South. He went to the fourth. Yeah, I hear you. Mm-hmm. By the way, Jameis Winston will get a job, Gregory, and he'll get a job soon. He's either going to sign back with the Saints, which I think is their best option at this point, uh, or he's certainly free to maybe go to Atlanta or wherever it might be that Carolina. he wants to go. Carolina, yeah. he could remain in the NFC South. Uh, the, we are running out of places, uh, but but he'll get a job because he played decently well. Jameis was a... Seattle? Maybe. I mean, if I'm looking at, if I'm Seattle, I'm looking at two guys, okay? There's two guys that I would look at right now for the roster that I have and the kind of football that I that Pete Carroll wants to play. Now, it was driving him nuts that Russell Wilson decided that every play had to involve him extending the play by an extra three seconds and running around. Um, if I want a guy who's going to run a run-first offense, we're going to throw off a play action, we're going to play great defense, then I might look at both Jameis Winston and the aforementioned Baker Mayfield, because right now they don't really have an option. So maybe if you if you don't ask Baker Mayfield to win you games, he could be serviceable. He's a middle tier quarterback. But Jameis could do that for you with DK. Yeah, I, I and Baldwin, and you know they've got some targets to throw to, and you'd like to get the ball to them. So I think that James would be my argument for James. Player. I think James yeah. is the more talented player. I'm just my point is I'd look at one of those two guys. I'm, I'm saying okay, look, I don't I don't want you to go win the game. In fact. Philosophically, he has said now that he does. And listen, there was there was clear regression from Russell Wilson. He he is not the player he was when they won the Super Bowl. He's when more they won limited. He's yeah. much more limited. And he's also a pain in the ass. He's also more talented than both those guys. He's jacked and he's in good shape, but he's he's gotten kind of chunky too. He's, he's also gotten kind of crazy. I mean, he's nuts. Oh, that he's is... disingenuous. No, no, gone crazier than he already was. He is beyond that. Yes. We know that. I know, but but you remember our conversation, which, I mean, it just oh. was spot on with the Gruden's quarterback camp when it first debuted yeah. years and years mm-hmm. ago. And I said the one thing about him, because I love we both we loved both him. We both loved him coming out of college. Camp would go get him kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, we wanted him, yeah. He's got a glossy overlook in his eyes, man. Far away fitness, yeah. Yeah, it makes me nervous. Like, he's not really there. Well, that was spot on. Who knew? We were also spot on with our assessment of how good a quarterback oh, he absolutely. could be. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, yes. dead on. Yeah, yeah. We knew he's, who he was. Strange cat. I know we got to come back and wrap this up. i got to get Just this commercial. Just as we knew that Jimmy Clausen couldn't play. <laughs> that was obvious. And I said Baker Mayfield couldn't play. That's right about that. Jeff Carey, Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV. All right, and away we go. Not much time for music, even though that's a great song. Long cut. Uh, Tom, we get to welcome back an all-time bit, one we love, and we say thank you to our friends from North Florida Payroll Services. Before I do it, fire away. It's time for, how you say, with the pitching, uh, probables? Boom! Probables brought to you by North Florida Payroll Services, locally owned for nearly 15 years, offering payroll and HR services, including full online, applicant onboarding, and integration into payroll. Save your company money head headaches today. NorthFordPayroll.com. Bam! What? We got probables. Pirates lead the uh, Rays five to one. Get you some ten. Anyhow, those starters were Zach Thompson and Jalen Beeks. Blue Jays, Tigers, bottom of the sixth. Alec Manoa and Matt Manning, Twins, Orioles, Chichi Rodriguez and Tyler Wells, bottom of the fifth. Braves, Red Sox, Tukey. Toussaint, starting for the Braves. Michael Waka, 
for the Red Sox. They're in the bottom of the six. These games have already started. It's fun. Max Scherzer and the New York Mets. Wait, wait, wait. Who does he pitch for? The New York Mets. We got him? Oh, my God. Marlins, Elsier Hernandez. Phillies, Yankees. Director Matthew, is this Hans Kraus? How do you say his name? Hans Kraus. Oh, man. Hans. Please make the roster. Is he going to make it? Uh, he's got an ERA of oh. over 40 currently. No, no. no. Jameson Tyon starting for the Yankees. Reds, Cubs today. Oh, Graham, hello, Hans. Graham Ashcroft. Keegan Thompson. Graham Ashcroft? That's a man's name. He's at a club near you. Rangers, Guardians. That's right, the Guardians of Cleveland. Taylor Hearn and Logan Allen. Dodgers, White Sox. Can we all collectively say screw the Dodgers? Andre Jackson, Tanner Banks. Royals, Angels, Brady Singer. Shohei Otani. Say his name again. Rockies, Padres, Ryan Rollison, and Yu Darvish. Mariners, D-backs, Kirby, Castellanos, and there's a drive from Castellanos. Cards, Nats, Steven Matz. This may be my last time wearing the headset. There's a drive from Castellanos. Eric Feeney and Brewers Giants, Adrian Hauser, Alex Wood. And that is a look at those that shall reside of the bump. Times. All right. Welcome back, Probables. Graham Ashcroft. That dude gets a sponsor exemption, and he's a two-handicap. That's who Graham <laughs> Ashcroft is. Graham Ashcroft. Nice to meet you, Graham. I can tell already your parents suck. I actually know a Graham. He's not a bad guy. I'm not saying Graham is the problem. But Graham Ashcroft. Graham Ashcroft is a deadly combination that reeks of entitlement. Good work out of you. Good work, Matthew. Be well, everybody. Have a great day. Good to be back with you. We'll talk to you tomorrow.